Mark chapter 10, begin verse 13. Jesus says, Then they brought the little children to Jesus, that he might touch them and bless them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. When Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased. And he said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not forbid them. For of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And Jesus took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. This past week at student camp and in a couple of weeks at children's camp, uh, we as a church make a priority with our students and our children. Uh, when we look at the passage here today, Jesus is talking about children, and the Greek term is paideia, and it could mean anything from birth to 16 years old. Probably in this context, they were younger children, but it applies to the, the, the children and the students that we have in our church today. And uh, if you look at the scenario and how it plays out, uh, Jesus begins to teach you and me, this church, us today, a better way of life as it relates to children. Jesus teaches us a better way of life. And we need to hear that better way of life as a church because um, it is so vitally important for us to have the heartbeat of God for the children and for the students. Um, so Jesus teaches us a better way of life. There we go. Jesus teaches us a better way of life and and he does it through an example. Now, when, when, we hear, when we read this passage and another passage in Matthew 19 and Luke, I think, 18 or 17, uh, each one of the uh, Gospels, synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, each one of them record this, this uh, setting. Back in 2009, I preached Matthew 19, this passage. And, uh, and, and so it is important... Uh, it was important for each of the synoptic gospel writers to include it, uh, and it's important for us to hear today. Uh, it's important because it was important to Jesus. When we look at this passage, though, we usually get warm, fuzzy feelings, and we should. It's a warm, fuzzy passage for us. Um, we, we think of Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Yeah, isn't that sweet? You notice I went old version. I went old school. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious. I don't know the other ones. Uh, they, 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 have, you know, they have a different version now. I don't know how it goes. But anyway, that's, that, it's a warm, fuzzy feeling. It's just, it just feels good. That's a great song. And this is a great passage because it does show us that Jesus certainly loves the little children. But many times what we do is we, uh, we, we skim over the rebuke. And the rebuke in this passage is even more poignant than the warm, fuzzy. And the rebuke in the passage is for us. Now, certainly the warm fuzzy is for us, but the, the rebuke, no, no, it's for us. Now, I want you to see what happens here. 
And Jesus and his disciples, remember last week we did Mark chapter 10, verses 1 through 12. And, and Jesus is having this great uh, uh, teaching moment on marriage and divorce. And it really sparked in the hearts of his disciples questions. And they began to ask Jesus questions. They were having this wonderful, in-depth, deep-down study time with Jesus. And he was taking them to, uh, to, to, to places that they'd never been, answering questions and maybe even confusing them a little bit. They were having a seminary lecture on marriage and divorce, and it was wonderful to them. When all of a sudden, these adults start bringing little children and interrupting the seminary lecture, wanting Jesus to touch these little children, to bless them. Now you look in verse 13, what does it say that the disciples did? Did they say, yes, little children, come to Jesus because Jesus loves the little children. Come on, what did the disciples do? What does it say? They rebuked the adults. They were annoyed. They were perturbed. They were perturbed because these children were interrupting their time. It was their time to get deep truths, get dig down deep. You look at verse 14. How did Jesus respond to the disciples and their annoyance? Did he say, oh, y'all are so right. Let's just put these children off. They're not, you know, they're children after all. And let me take care of you adults. Let me, let me help you all. Let's, let's dig down even deeper and let's, let's get to the deep truths. And let's let the children go play over there in the corner somewhere, hide in the corner somewhere while we take care of real business. Is that what Jesus did? Now, what did Jesus do? He was, uh, New King James Version, greatly displeased. Some of y'all have a different version? Indignant. Indignant. Anybody have anything else? What? Mad. That's what he was. He was just plain mad. He was. And that's, that's the word. He was greatly displeased. Now, that's a sophisticated way. In the deep south, I would say he was mad as a hornet. Hey, he, he was upset. And he said, let the little children come to me and forbid them not. For of such is the kingdom of God. And in this short few verses, Jesus teaches us some, some great, great principles on how we need to do life better. As a church, I think we do well in many ways. And I think we do well when, when it comes to what we're about to learn. But we don't do well enough yet. And we probably won't do well enough till we get to heaven. We need to grow. We need to improve. And some of us individually, we need an attitude adjustment. Thank you, Rex Bullock. I knew it was Rex. <laughs> we need an attitude adjustment. So what's this better way of life? Well, first, Jesus teaches us that children are a priority, now, which is unusual in, in the context in which Jesus is teaching. See, Jesus is teaching in a context uh, not where uh, children were preeminently uh, priorities. In fact, they were just kind of like chattel. Until they reached adulthood, they weren't worth very much. I mean, they were just to be uh, 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 kind of endured. But not so with Jesus. And Jesus, Jesus sets the children as priority in his life and in his ministry and in his passion. He begins to show us how God's heart really does be. And friends, as followers of Christ, we need to have Christ's heart 
when it comes to children. They are a priority. They are not simply an annoyance to overcome. They are not a disturbance to hush. They are a priority in our lives and in our church. And they must be. The disciples said, no, 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 we got to take care of us. We need these deep truths. We need to have our deep discipleship. Let the children go off to the side. They, they, let them go to, go, go, to, go to preschool for a little while. Let, let's, let's kick them out for a season because this time is designed for us. This is our time. Do you want to know what makes Jesus really mad? It's when we as adults exalt ourselves as more important and a greater priority than the children. That makes Jesus really, really mad. I could meddle a whole lot right now. 10, 14, 10, 15. I've got time. I won't. Yeah, I will, but it'll be later and you won't know it. Uh, yeah, what, what amazes me sometimes is that we as adults, who are adults, who've been followers of Christ, some of us for a decade, some of us for two decades, some of us for five decades. Whenever a preacher stands up and says, we need to make priority, uh, the children a priority in our church, we're happy to say, well, that's why we have vacation Bible school. And, and that's true, that's a priority. Or, or that's why we have youth camp or children's camp in a couple of weeks at Camp Willow Run. That's, that's why we have those things, so we can do it all the time. That's why we have children's church. That's why, that's why we separate them out so we don't have to worry about them. We get our stuff, and, and then we can take care of them. But don't you see, that's exactly what made Jesus upset. The very thing that we sometimes have an attitude that we need. We as adults say, no, we need to be fed. Boy, if I had a nickel every time. Every time I heard somebody say, preacher, we need to be fed. Now, I agree with that. We need to be fed. But there comes a point in time where you've got to put on your big boy pants and you need to start feeding yourself. I mean, you've been a believer for 10 years and you don't know how to read the Bible? The Holy Spirit that speaks to me is the same Holy Spirit that speaks to you. And according to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, He speaks just as loud to you as He does to me. And as adults, hey, listen, there comes a time where you have to start feeding yourself. We're not all babes. And we need to make the children a priority. Jesus said, hey, listen, let's take a time out of this seminary lecture and let's take care of the children. They're a priority. So the question that we have to answer, you and I, are the children, the students, a priority in our life? I mean, are we making them priority in how we minister and how we, how we program and how we do life and how... Uh, here, let me ask you this. Did you decide when the children left your nest that you didn't have to fool with children anymore? Friends, wrong. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, then the heartbeat of Christ for children has to be your heartbeat for children. It's our responsibility to do all that we can 
to help these children know Christ. Not just within the walls of this building, but also throughout Hampton Roads and even to the nations. It is our job. We need to make children a priority. Even to the expense of the things that we like. Even to the expense of the things that we like. We need to make children a priority. Jesus told the disciples, hush up. Get out of the way and let me bless these children. We need to have that same perspective. And we do in so many ways. I'm telling you, we do in so many ways. But individually, is that your perspective? I remember one of my first years here, um, I, I guess it was maybe my third year here or fourth year. I remember it like it was yesterday. Children were, uh, students, the students were having Disciple Now, and uh, it was Disciple Now and Sunday after Disciple Now, which we'll do again probably, I don't know when Disciple Now is, probably November. It's what it usually is. And, and the students uh, all sat. Y'all know how we do Disciple Now. The sun, they do a weekend of, of of time together and worship and that kind of like a mini camp and then on Sunday morning at, at 11 o'clock or 9.30 they get together and they take up all these rows in the front and, and they're all wearing t-shirts and, and like, like many of our students are wearing their student camp t-shirt uh, today and they all sit in the same place and, 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 and it was awesome, I mean it was an awesome weekend and God had been doing amazing things in the lives of those students and all of a sudden I hear one of our men rebuking the student minister because he thought that the students were being too loud. I was younger then. <laughs> and I stood up between one of our men and that student pastor. And again, I was younger then and probably didn't have the same kind of subtlety in my words that I do now. But I understand what he was saying. This was a disruption in his life. And he didn't appreciate it. I understand it, but he was wrong. And many of us, we get that wrong-headed attitude because it's a disruption in our life. Jesus says, forget your disruption. Set aside your perturbance and make children a priority. Jesus was displeased. You want to know what makes Jesus displeased in my life or as a church? It's when we don't have the heartbeat of God for the children and the students. Children are a priority. The second thing that we learn in this passage is that children model eternal truths. Children model eternal truth. Jesus said, verse 14, um, uh, Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not, not. For of such is the kingdom of God. He goes on to say, is, if you're not going to receive the kingdom of God as a little child, then you cannot enter it. So what's he saying here? Let me keep it real simple. When a child receives a gift, he knows he doesn't deserve it. He hasn't earned it. He just opens his hands and he says, wow. And he takes it, 
and he embraces it. And Jesus said only, the only people that God will fill with heaven are the people with that kind of faith-filled, joy-filled receiving of his gift. See, the thing is, God offers a gift of the kingdom. The kingdom being eternal life, salvation, uh, uh, the gospel. Uh, he offers that to you and to me today. And the only people that will receive it are the ones who open their hands like a beggar needing bread and say, I don't have anything to offer you, God, but I will receive what you offer me. And I will do it with humbleness. I will do it with dependence. I will do it with surrender. I will do it with joy because this is the gift that you offer and this is all I'll need. You know, so many, even church-going folk, will never enter into the kingdom of God because they cannot receive the kingdom like a child. I can't. The reason they can't is because there is something in us that says, I've got to earn what I get. Uh, I do things a little bit crazy sometimes, like at Starbucks or um, uh, uh, different restaurants, Jason's Deli, places like that. Uh, I, will, uh, I will buy as many cookies as I possibly can, and, uh, and, and then I'll start handing them out to people. And, and, uh, or if I have gift cards, and I have a lot of Starbucks gift cards. Thank you, church. Uh, <laughs> I'll lay a gift card down and I'll say, I want you to buy everybody's coffee coming through using this card until the card's used up. I got to tell you, it just freaks people out. <laughs> it really does. You, you offer them something like this and they say, well, I can't take that. I say, why? Well, I, 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 just, I just can't take it. And there's a pride that rises up in them. Well, first they want to know, what are you selling? And they get so confused when I say, nothing. I'm just trying to, you know, hey, it's a blessing. Just, just take it, enjoy it. They, they just can't do it. Now, there are some people, man, they receive it like a child. <laughs> Woo! Yes! You know? But others, man, they, they stiff arm it. They say, no, I, I can't accept that. I won't receive that. I, I've even had them get angry with me for offering it. But do you know that's how we do the gift of God's grace through faith in Christ. The gift of the kingdom, many of us are stiff-arming that gift because it's free, because it's not something you earn, because it's something that God gives and you don't deserve it. And there is something in you and something in me that rises up. It's called P-R-I-D-E, pride. And it says, we don't want something that we have not deserved or earned. And Jesus said, well, if you, if, you can't, if you can't receive the kingdom like a beggar needing bread, then you can't enter the kingdom of God. And today, some of us need to humble ourselves before God, acknowledge that there is nothing in us that deserves his forgiving love or his grace. And we need to open our arms to the gift of Jesus Christ, his death on the cross for our sin, his resurrection from the dead to give us new life. We need to open our arms to that glorious gift and receive the kingdom of God. We need to receive the life and the forgiveness that he offers with a humbled heart, bent and broken before him like a child. Children, Teach us eternal truth. 
And the final thing about this passage is that Jesus teaches us to extravagantly bless the other. We need to extravagantly bless. I want you to look at verse 16. In verse 16, the scripture says that Jesus welcomed the children, embraced the children, and blessed the children. Now, I want you to get the picture of what that looked like. See, initially in verse 13, what did the, what did the adults bringing the children, what did they want Jesus to do? What was it? Just touch. Just touch. Just touch. That's all. Jesus, if you'll just take time and just walk past and touch. That's all, that's all it takes from somebody like Jesus. Just, just touch. In verse 16, though, Jesus says, oh, no, no. They need more than a touch. And I can see Jesus getting on his, on his knees and he's looking at the children. And he's opening in his arms. He's saying, come here. Come here. Come on. And they come running to Jesus. And he grabs them. And he holds them. And he blesses them. We're followers of Jesus Christ, yes? We're, we're the body of Christ, Yes? We should be doing what Jesus did. Yes? See, we need to make it our business to extravagantly bless the children. Instead of stiff-arming them, instead of putting them in a corner, we need to open our arms. We need to make those children, even the unruly ones, listen, can I share something shocking to you? I was an unruly child. They had no such thing as ADHD, ADDDD. They just said, that Thomas boy is trouble. <laughs> but instead of treating even the unruly children as a nuisance, we, we, the church, should have the heart of Christ to open our arms, beckon them, come on, embrace them, and bless them. The blessing, it is a pronouncement of God's favor on them. Certainly, according to Genesis 48, the blessing is a, is a pronouncement of God's favor. But, but as Jesus was doing, it was more than just a pronouncement of blessing. It was a tangible expression of unleashed, unconditional love of God poured out on them in that moment. And that's what we need to be about. Guys, listen. When we as the church of Jesus Christ encounter a child, we should be diligent, persistent, and extravagant in blessing them, welcoming them, embracing them, and then unleashing unconditional rescuing love of God upon their life. And that responsibility falls upon you as it falls upon me and as it falls upon us. Can I just expand it just for a second? It's not just extravagantly blessing the children, but all the commentators and scholars would agree the children 
were uh, part of that caste of society in Jesus' day called the other. That means that they were not, they were not that important. They were kind of, they were kind of a, a nuisance. Other parts of that grouping would be tax collectors and sinners and women. And all of them were other. It's like the woman at the well of Sychar in John chapter 4, Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19, or Matthew in Matthew chapter 4 or 5. They, they were the others. They weren't part of respectable society. But Jesus made it his mission to bless them. The children, the women, the tax collectors, and the sinners. And as a church, that's our mission as well. Instead of putting up roadblocks between the children and the others and Jesus. Instead of forbidding them, and that's the Greek term for forbid, it means that you're creating this roadblock, this barrier between the person and Jesus. Instead of putting all of these roadblocks in and, and conditions that you have to meet before I'm even going to talk to you, and instead of doing that, we need to build a bridge so that the, the children and the others can see Jesus clearly in all of his glory, in all of his grandeur, in all of his rescuing love. We as the church need to be bridge builders, not barrier makers. And today, we have to make the commitment I think it begins on our knees in prayer, asking God to give us the grace that we need to have an attitude adjustment in our own personal lives, to make children a priority. Get on our knees before God, asking Him to give us the courage to take the time to have the eyes to see how to extravagantly bless those in need of God's rescuing love to welcome them to embrace them and to unleash on their life God's unconditional love found in Jesus Christ I think for us it begins on our knees it begins on our knees and then it extends to open arms where we open our arms to those children or the others and we say, come here, come here, come here. And then we bless them. I wonder if you'll join me in that commitment today. Will you join me in a commitment that says, the children are a priority. And I will extravagantly bless them and the others. Today, let's start that journey on our knees.